Welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. Welcome back, buddies, to another episode of everybody's favorite show, BuddyCast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen, and joining me today is a new buddy who actually is a fan of BuddyCast, Kyle Sherman. How are you doing today, buddy? Doing great. Doing great, buddy. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for being on the show. I love promoting local businesses. So for our buddies who don't know, Kyle is the owner of Warner Books. So how did that come to be? You told me a good story about that off air. Yeah, yeah. Crazy story. So um, we, so prior to owning the bookstore, I was working at WQON, which talk about a great job. You know, you get to work for NPR and PBS and all the great people up there, but you know, I, you know, I was like, well, what could be cooler than this? So a friend of ours, who's a regular at the store, um, still, she reads like 10 books a week. She's crazy. Um, she popped in the one day I was talking to the owner and Gail said, Hey, I'm looking to retire. Kelly's about my age, you know, pretty young. And, um, you know, she said, Oh, we're gonna, um, you know, I'm looking to retire. And Kelly's like, I can't buy your store. That's insane. I'm not going to buy your store. And then she goes, wait a second. I have friends that might be interested in buying a bookstore. And so my wife and I emailed Gail uh, Werner, the previous owner and, and set up a meeting and we talked to her and for about six months, we worked on, you know, all the fun stuff, financing and lawyers and all the other things that taken. And, you know, we went, we, you know, we've owned the store now for like five months. So um, it was really just been an awesome transition. And Gail's been a huge mentor to me. In fact, today, when I pulled up to my house to do the podcast, she was out front unloading books about how to run a bookstore onto my front porch. So, um, you know, we were set up, I think, to succeed because we already had a great, you know, point of reference and a great person to help us out. So yeah, it was hard to leave QON. I mean, you talk about a, a good group of people, but um, you know, they all understood, you know, if one group of people is going to understand you leaving to go buy a bookstore, it's the people that run PBS. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> it's an educational purpose. I think they're okay with it. You know, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're just fine with me leaving. So, <laughs> yes. So do you know the history behind Warner, behind Warner books? Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so Gail, um, the previous owner, she has actually opened, opened and sold two bookstores in her lifetime. So uh, the first one was Tattered Corners, which is down in Meadville, um, which if you all haven't checked it out, check it out. It's also a really nice store. So she opened that about 20 some years ago. Um, and then, you know, when her family was ready to move up to Erie, um, they moved to Erie. She sold the store uh, and then she opened Warner Books on uh, 2011, I want to say 2010, 2011. Um, so the store's been open for 11, 12 years. Um, and then she's, so she's been doing this forever, her whole life, um, you know, for a long time. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a great, you know, a great store. I mean, it's been in the Liberty Plaza all that time, um, which we're still there. And, uh, you know, she knows everything. She's read everything. Um, so now I have to catch up 
I read everything. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun, but no, I, you know, it's, it's just a great, great location. And we have a great group of uh, regular customers that come in all the time, but then we also have a staff, the staff stayed on with us. And some of the staff has been at Warner books. Um, Mia and Jenny for sure. That still work with us um, have been there since the opening. So they've been, they've been at the store all those years. So, so they know the deal. They know what's going on. They know, they know more than I do. <laughs> uh, today we were, we were away on vacation last week and, you know, people said, Oh, you just bought a store. You can't go on vacation. That's yeah, no one does that. And I was like, yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be there. You know, we t- I talked every day to them, but I didn't have to worry about the store operating day to day. You know, they've been doing this for years. So, um, you know, it's just so nice to have, them and then you know our other employee Char is the same way you know her and Jenny are sisters they're both retired and you know between the three of them I trust them to all the time I trust them to do everything and they're great so um you know I'm just the one that has to pay the bills <laughs> nice they're definitely your buddies it sounds like oh yeah for sure mm-hmm. now who are some of your favorite authors who are some of your favorite people to read you know yeah yeah so I've got my shirt on I don't know if you can see it my Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy t-shirt, uh, which is my favorite book. Um, so it's funny because I don't read sci-fi all that much, um, but my favorite book is a sci-fi book. Um, so that's my favorite book, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, when I was a kid, I read everything. Like, no joke, Berenstain Bears, Magic School Bus, you know, take your pick. I read every book. My brothers, actually, I have three older brothers, and they teased me for... 90% of my life, they still do. I mean, we're in our 30s and they're still making fun of me, but they used to tease me because they would just be like, oh, all you do is read. You just read books all the time. All you do is sit around and read books. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, now, you know, my mom said to them the other day, I said, yeah, you're making fun of your brother all the years. So now he owns a bookstore. So I think we're good. So, yeah. um, you know, right now, I, you know, one of, the, one of the rules I have for myself is I read everything, um, that people recommend to me because, you know, a lot of times people will come to the store and they'll say, Oh, I read X. Could you recommend Y? Right. Or I read author a, could you recommend author B? Right. And so I have a, kind of an unwritten rule for myself, which is if someone recommends an author uh, or a, a genre, I will pick it up and read it. Um, so I just read a, Oh gosh, what did I just read that I really, really liked? Um, a book by Janet Ivanovich, who's like kind of a romance thriller kind of writer, which I never thought in a million years I would read a book by her, but it was great. It was really funny. It was good. Um, you know, I read the first book in various series. I just read a book by Louise Penny, which is a mystery writer. Um, same thing. Never thought I would read a book by her, but it's really good. And now when people come and say, hey, I like, you know, mystery writer X, can you recommend someone? Yeah, Louise Penny. Um, but the current author I'm obsessed with is this author named Emily St. John Mandel. And I can't let it go without mentioning her. Uh, she's written a handful of books, but three are kind of more famous than others. Three are the more recent. Um, the first one, Station Eleven, which is about a pandemic. But um, it's really, really good. And it's it's one of, the, one of the better books, one of the best books I've read. And then they just made an HBO show out of it. And then um, The Glass Castle, or Glass Hotel, I'm sorry, The Glass Hotel, which I'm currently reading. And then this book, Sea of Tranquility, which she put out this year, which for me is a top five book I've ever read in my life. Um, nice. So it's it's really incredible. So the nice thing for me being in the bookstore every day is I get to pick up new books. I get to pick up older books that people have recommended to me. 
Um, and I read all the time. And my wife, uh, Lauren, is a college English professor. <laughs> so she's got the day job. Um, so now she gives me a hard time because she's been recommending books to me for years. And I was like, ah, I don't want to read that. I don't know if I want to read that. And, and now I read them. And she's like, see, it wasn't that good. I'm like, yeah, you're always right. The, book, the books you recommend are always good. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I've, you know, it's kind of been nice because when they come and used, especially because we're a used bookstore, I can mm-hmm. pick it off the shelf, take it home, read it in a day or two and put it back on the shelf, you know. So um, it's, it's been a lot of fun to do that. Awesome. I was about to ask you, you know, if you're a used bookstore, what's your buyback program? Like, what's your... Can someone come in? Hey, I've got all these books. I used to love reading them, but they're just taking up too much room on my shelf. Or, nope, you know, I think it's time for the next owner. Bring your books to me. So we have an exchange program. Um, so one of the, basically what we do is if you bring me in a book um, used or, you know, you just bought it and you're like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to bring it back. Um, we're going to give you store credit. So the way it works is 25% of the cover price is going to be, uh, you're going to get in credit, which you set up an account with us. It's all computerized now. Um, and then you can use that on any used book in the store. And about 85% of our books are used. So most of the books in the store are used. So if you pick up a used book, you're going to get half off with your credit. And the credit really never goes away. So, um, you know, you still have to spend a little bit of money. You know, that's one thing sometimes people are like, wait a second. I thought I could, well, you know, we need to make some money to, in order to. But if you have $10 in credit and you buy $10 worth of used books, you're going to pay five, but you're going to get five off, right? So um, we take all kinds of books. You know, one of the things I warn people I do not like is hardcover uh, fiction books just because they take up way too much space on my shelf. So, um, you know, anything else though, I'll, you know, I'll take, so people bring in, you know, in fact, this morning I was at the store and a woman brought me in three boxes of children's books. Her kids are kind of getting older and we always have a need for these children's books because we do a couple of things with them. One of the things, you know, we sell them all for about two bucks. So, um, you know, a lot of used children's books we sell for two bucks, which if you have credit is a buck and that's a really good deal. We also um, do about half, a little less than half of the school book fairs in the county. So, um, yeah, so we do a lot of those. And I take one of the reasons that a lot of the schools like to work with us is A, I can customize it for them, but but B, I can take used books. So if you have a kid that comes in as like five bucks, you know, six bucks, and they want to walk out the door with some books, they can still buy a couple books. Whereas if you're with a company that does only new books, they're way more expensive. Mm-hmm. So I'll bring new books with me, um, you know, but I also bring the used books, which is a huge asset, um, you know, especially some schools you know, where, you know, the income level is a little less, you know, we're, we're able to kind of work with them and we have some great relationships and Gail had been doing that for years. I'm continuing that. Um, but then the other thing we do with our books is, and people have probably seen us out. If not come visit us, we do, um, some markets. So we do the leaf market over at frontier, um, the one at copper carriage in the spring, we did the night market for cycle fest. We do a lot of those and we take two, we take, you know, some just general books that we, you know, don't wrap up or do anything, but we also do two programs. One we call blind date with a book, which is, yeah, it's, it's, and people love it. It's, it's really cool. And this was all, I mean, it's not something that we like came up with. It's an idea that's existed, but my wife was like, we're doing this and it's going to be great. I said, okay, I believe you. So we wrap up books, um, use books in brown paper. So you can't see what it is. We write a little description. So we'll write, you know, 
a mystery thriller, a female detective, murder case, you know, or whatever. And then we sell those. If they're hardcover, we sell them for four bucks. Paperbacks are three. And then people will, you know, you come up and you go, oh, I'd like a mystery thriller, the female detective that solves a murder case, right? And uh, my wife puts nice ribbon on them, so they always look really nice. I'm not allowed to write on the books, like write the description, because my handwriting is shaky. Um, we want them to actually look nice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so people come up and they buy the books and they say, oh, great, you know, especially if you're looking for something new. And they're, you know, three bucks, four bucks. So it's like, oh, if you've already read it, we always say, just give it to someone, you know, pass along to a friend, you know. Or if you're like, oh, I, I don't think I'd like this book. We're like, why'd you pick it up to begin with? You knew what was in it, you know. So, um, but the other thing we do with the children's books is we do what we call uh, mystery bags. So we'll put 10 picture books or, you know, six uh, kids chapter books or early readers or whatever. We do all those different age groups and we'll put them in a brown paper bag and we'll sell them for 10 for five bucks. So, um, you know, you know, if you're a parent, you're like 50 cents a book's a pretty good deal, you know? So, um, you know, we do that a lot and that's been really successful and people really like that. So we found some ways to kind of do some unique things, you know, with books that I think people are like, Oh, never thought to do that. You know, we have such a stock of used books that for us, we're like, we have it, you know, let's, let's go get it. So <laughs> nice, nice. Now I got to ask, do you ever sell like from local authors like anyone in the area that you know of that you really like to promote or you know really love having in your store nick you're gonna get me in trouble on this one because i gotta go through my list and i'm gonna get in trouble for all the authors i'm not gonna mention so for everyone i i miss don't don't kill me y'all y'all um we have a huge local section so we have three shelves worth of local books um, that we, you know, either buy local authors or about local topics. So for instance, there's a book that just came out, um, by, uh, a woman by named Leanne Ruggiero. Um, she was just in the store on Sunday. Um, she wrote a book. She's from Harbor Creek, but she lives in, uh, Wyoming. Mm-hmm. So she teaches school there. So she's actually in town this week. She's doing an event at the library and she came and did a signing her new books called Unfollowers. But, um, I'll give you the quick rundown of local authors, but everyone should come check them out. But we have... Um, the most popular book right now in the store is Judge Dan Brabender's book, um, Eerie Sensational Murder Trials. We've sold about 300 books, and the book's been out for about three months. So wow. um, really popular, about nine murder cases. Another local author, Justin Dombrowski, wrote a book called um, uh, Murder and Mayhem in Eerie PA, uh, which is really great. So him and Dan luckily wrote about different murder trials, <laughs> which is good. Um, Dom DePaulo has written a couple really good books. Um, obviously the pizza bomber book is, is pretty popular still. Uh, Joe Crest. So I, I, Joe Crest, another one where I, I, I joke, I have a shelf of eerie true crime books. Um, and then, you know, we have our Prescott Isle books, uh, Eugene Ware and Dave Frew both have written a lot of books from two different angles about Prescott Isle. Um, but the other cool thing Eugene Ware did is him and an illustrator, Randy Austin have written two we're working on the third children's books called Tucker and Ripley. And if you come into the store, we painted our back wall with a chalkboard wall. And I hired Randy to illustrate Tucker and Ripley. Tucker is a turtle and Ripley is a rabbit. And the first book, they go to Presque Isle. And the second book is Asbury Woods. Um, and I'm not going to spoil the third one. Um, but that's a really good, just an awesome thing to have. And people love those. And then actually a buddy of yours, we have a mutual buddy, uh, Dave Gorman. Yep, I was about to ask about him. Yep, yep. Watermere Mystery Files. Yep. Um, he just announced that. In fact, it was on your show. I found out 
the the fourth one he wouldn't tell me by the way until uh you know he announced it here so dave just so you know exclusive yeah what you know couldn't have told me first i understand <laughs> let, we'll let it happen but no we uh you know the water mystery files you talk about a great uh set of kids books and for anyone that wants more details i'd say just listen to the episode with dave because it's great so yes and um, i have i have read those books too you know i'm i'm a guy you know if you promote your product on this show and sure. it's like, hey it's a book why not check it out i read the first one and by the end of it i'm like gotta check out the second one now you yep. know Yep, yep. They're fantastic because they, yes, they are kids' books, but at the same time, they're like, wait, what happens next? Like, no, wait, yeah. Legends took a turn or something like that. Like, you oh, know, yeah. like when you're reading to like you're reading to a kid or something, then it's like, wait, what happened to the pink turtle or something like that? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I I still say to this day that the most throwing book that's ever been written in the world is "There's a Monster at the End of This Book" uh, mm -hmm. with Clover. Um, yes. Oh, James Patterson and oh, Agatha Christie. No, Monster at the End of This Book. It's the most throwing book. When you get to the end, you're like, oh, didn't see that. It's so yeah, good. Exactly. Even today, I was talking to a woman about that the other day. She was buying it for a baby shower and she had never seen it or she didn't have kids. She said, oh, I never seen it. And I was like, just read it real quick. She was like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's one of the best books ever. Yeah. So, um, you know, there is a, a, a great local authors community in town. Um, we, we do our best to support them. Um, you know, one of, one of the things we do is, A, we carry their books. So, um, oh, another one's Chuck Pora. I can't not mention Chuck. Um, anyone that worked at the Times, Chuck worked at the Times for like a thousand years. Chuck's written some really good stuff too. Because mm -hmm. Chuck will be mad if I don't mention Chuck. Um, and see if he knows my grandfather. Oh, see, okay. my grandfather. He's written, one of the things Chuck's done, he's written a lot of books about growing up in Erie in the 60s. Um, which I think people really like. And um, he, you know, so there's a lot of really good authors out there in town writing really good things. And the other nice thing is they all talk to each other, get along with each other. There's a really nice authors community in town, um, which I think is really important. Um, you know, there's also this really great poetry community in town. So one of the things we've done, and I'll promote it here on the show is Mabel Howard, who um, hosts a lot of poetry events throughout town, works with the Erie Arts and Culture, also um, runs Cafe 710, um, so some of the best desserts you will eat in the city. Uh, Mabel is hosting a poetry night at our store on 814 Day, so actually on Sunday on the 14th at 7 o'clock. So um, she is really well connected into the uh, Erie poetry community. Um, and then, you know, the other, the other group we work with locally is we work with a lot of the theater groups. So, um, for instance, we're a sponsor for drama shops, um, book club this year. Um, and I've actually known Zach flock, who was the founder and was the creative director until this past year at drama shop. Um, and I actually have a meeting tomorrow with them to kind of go over everything for their groups. There's a lot of different ways to tap into, uh, reading and arts and poetry and all this stuff in town. I mean, Erie's theater community alone, you know, makes bigger cities just look terrible. I mean, ours is so strong and so good um, that it's nice to have all those different groups. And, you know, we kind of fit in as well into that, you know, by just, you know, offering a space, right, for folks to come in that either have published books, right, um, and then also, you know, to have an event space as well in a bookstore. So there's a lot of cool stuff going on, um, in that you know, space, but yeah, one of the things people, well, as soon as they come into the store, they immediately radiate towards our local author section. 
Mm. Um, and and the uh, Dan Barrybender's book has been just inc- incredible. The amount of books that I've sold, I, I've run out so many times that I just uh, I have to text him. I'm like, Dan, you got to bring me more books. You got to bring me. More. <laughs> um, but it's been really good. It's been really popular. So um, you know, there's a lot of other good stuff. But yeah, you know, for folks that you know live in Erie, you know, especially Erie locals, there's um, you know, or even people that used to live in Erie, right, and moved away. You know, you can still tap into, you know, Erie by reading some of these books by these local authors. And they're great. You know, I, I can't speak highly enough about them. So brilliant. Now, I have one book that I have in mind that I'm wondering. I think I know you sell it, but I just want to confirm. Do you have the book on the pizza bomber? Of course. Yeah, yeah. In fact, it's, it's funny. I actually have to put in an order. I think I have one left. So if you need it, Nick, I, I got one left. Um, but no, there's a, <laughs> I got to put in an order for them uh, tomorrow. So um, I got to order a bunch, a bunch more of them. But yeah, no, so we, have, we have that one. And actually, um, the other, the um, the book, uh, the Unholy Murder of Ash Wednesday by Dom DePaulo. If you like the Pizza Bomber book, that one is another one that will knock your socks off. Um, and that one's really, really good. Dom wrote a really great book. So, um, you know, but yeah, the Pizza Bomber book is great. Jerry, uh, Jerry and Ed, you know, just, you know, you talk about, you know, a, a story, right? It's, yeah. it, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I argue that, you know, there's no one better to write that book than Jerry, you know, and luckily he stumbled onto Ed who, you know, himself is the writer. So you've got the, the detective on one side and you've got the, you know, Ed, the writer, and they just kind of took that and, um, you know, and they have pictures, right? Pictures are always yes. working. Like, okay, this is what, what was going on. And, you know, I mean, it's a tragic event in the history of oh. Erie, but it's so compelling, right? Uh, my wife always tells the story of the pizza bomber that she was a college freshman. It was her first day of freshman year was the like move-in day um, down at Slippery Rock, which is where she went, but also is now where she works, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was there as a freshman her first day. And it was the day of the robbery and everything that went on that day with the pizza bomber. And so she gets down there and they're like, Oh, or, you know, meeting all these new people. Oh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Erie. But did you see what happened in Erie today? She was like, no, what happened in Erie today? Like, I'm, she wasn't even bad. And they were like, are you kidding me? It's all over the news. She was like, I, I don't know. So um, right. that was her, her connection to the pizza bomber. And for me, I'm not actually from Erie originally. I grew up outside of Pittsburgh um, and I only moved up to Erie in college Mm-hmm. And pretty much have never left. I left a couple of years for graduate school, but knew that I was going to come back. So, um, yeah, for me, it was always really important to stay in Erie. Nice. You know, talk about another mutual buddy. Jerry Clark was also on the show. He was one of the first few episodes. And what I love about him, it wasn't like, oh, that's kind of classified, buddy. I wish I could tell you that. It's like everything's out in the open. What do you want to yep. know? Yep. You know, like, yep. <laughs> what can I offer you? What can I do for you? Like, there, there's no information there's no question you could not ask me that i've never heard before and if so it's still like hey it's open info so no one's you know so it's very he was very like very into it very and you like just imagine that day of work imagine just your average day all of a sudden you get a call about a bank you know like some bank robbery or something with and that whole thing just flies down especially the documentary too just watching that intense it's a gut punch and oh, yeah. you know, that's why i sell books for a living now nick and worked at 
WQON and college admissions, I, I am not fit to do any of those jobs that involve, you know, a- anything intense at all. You know, the most intense thing I do every day is like pick up a box of books and carry it to the back. So, um, you know, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I, I hats off to, to those guys and Jerry, cause I'm like, yeah, no, not for me. I'm glad someone does it. It's glad it's not me. <laughs> but that kind of brings up a question to me. Um, have you, you know, there's a ton of movies that are based off of books or a ton mm-hmm. of, you know, TV shows based off of books. Have you ever found yourself kind of like me where you read the book and then like you'll watch the movie, like you'll read a Harry Potter book and then you'll watch that movie afterwards and you kind of find yourself like, wait a minute, was this part or like yeah. a little disappointed or something like they left out this or yeah. what did this, what does this have to do with anything? So my wife and I are big TV watchers as well. Um, we watch a lot of TV and one of the things that we, um, you know, one of, one of the things we found is, is there are some, and actually it's, it's funny you bring that up because my wife, one of the things she teaches her freshmen at Slippery Rock is um, adaptation theory. So she actually does that um, when she teaches them in her freshman English courses, they do um, a lot of the time they'll do like Beauty and the Beast or um, Lower Red Riding Hood mm-hmm. or Frankenstein, right? Things like that. And talk about all the adaptations that have come. And sometimes they're really well done and you're like, oh, great. Um, you know, the big one right now is um, Where the Crawdads Sing, um, which is an awesome book. I absolutely love the book. I have not seen the movie, and I'm a little nervous because I heard it was just okay. Um, and then, you know, you have others where sometimes the adaptation is better, right? Um, you know, you've got um, – I'm trying to think of, of some that, you know, off the top of my head. Like I, like Fight Club is a great, a great, great book, but the movie is really, really good. And a lot of it's just the acting, right? Um, I mentioned Station Eleven, Emily St. John Mandel. It's one of my favorite books. And the book, it's funny, I always talk about that one because the book has some relationships and some other things in it that are not in the TV show. So HBO did a TV show last year. And they both work. Like it's, it's crazy how they kind of took the source material and made it a very different show and it's still really good. And the message is kind of the same, but and there's some things I didn't like about it, but overall I was like, wow, they did a really nice job of taking this and making that right. Um, you know, um, I, I tend to like to read the book first before I see the show or the movie. Um, but I also tell people all the time, like, like what you like, you know, like I, you know, I never will judge someone on what they read, what they watch, whatever, because you're not me, you know, like I read everything. Um, I've been reading romance novels too, you know, recently, which are actually pretty good. I'm kind of into them. Um, and I never thought I would read that. And, you know, um, you know, people say, Oh, you know, I, I like this movie or I like this book, you know, would I like this? And I'm like, maybe, you know, you might not, you might like it, you know, um, it's all personal taste. In fact, you know, I did see the other day we were at um, Shakespeare Summer Nights for uh, Gannon does it shoots your theater over in Frontier Park. So we went over. Um, was it two weeks ago now? Because we were gone last week. So yeah, two weeks ago we went over to check out. They did the Tempest, which is my wife's favorite Shakespeare play. And Lauren's like, I really want to see their adaptation of it. And she was really into it. Like she, um, she was like, I, I kind of, I'm surprised they did the full Shakespearean, you know, um, in terms of the accents and everything um, and the, and the language they used, but it was really well done and they put on a great show. So, you know, I always say just find art in some way, shape or form, whether you like it or not. And there are some that are real duds. Like I read the goldfinch, um, which is an awesome book by Donna Tartt. It's 700 pages. So if you don't have time, 
don't read it. <laughs> but um, they made a movie about it or a movie adaptation of it. And it was so bad. Nick, it was so bad. Don't watch the movie. <laughs> but oh, that's yeah. a few where I'm like, okay, just read the book. It's fine. But, you know, also you take 700 pages and you make it into a, a thing. But, you know, there there have been some really good ones. You know, I, uh, you know, Twilight is getting a resurgence. People really like Twilight again, which is cool. Um, you know, Harry Potter, you know, the movies are good. The new ones aren't, but the original seven are good. You know, eight, I guess. Eight movies. Wow, they made a lot of movies. Um, you know, and then Lord of the Rings has a, a show coming out, right? So there are some things that, you know, you can make it work, um, you know, but yeah, I always tell people, come in, pick up the book, you know, see what you think. Exactly. See if you like it. So. Exactly. Now, buddy, I'll be right back. We got to play a quick word from our sponsors, but don't go anywhere. All right. This buddy cast is brought to you by Harbor Ridge Golf Course. If you're in the Erie area looking to play a quick nine, sharpen your skills on the putting green or driving range, or looking to play fling golf while having some quality time with buddies, head over to Harbor Ridge at 3730 Harbor Ridge Trail. When you're finished, head over to the Harbor View Grill to enjoy a good meal, some live music, a gorgeous view of Lake Erie, and some more good times. Call them today at 814-898-4653. Tell my buddy Adam that Buddy sent you. And that was Harbor Ridge Golf Course. Do you golf at all, Kyle? I do actually. I've only golfed three times this year. Oh, nice! You got yeah. it. Have you ever have you ever been to Harbor Ridge? I have. Yeah, it's a great course. A yes. Great course. Glad they're sponsored. They're awesome. Yeah. No, we. Uh, I play all over Erie. I don't. You know, some people say, "Oh, I'm a member at X, Y, and Z," and I only play at X, Y, and Z. And I'm just like, I play wherever. You know, I, I go and I take my clubs and I go play wherever anyone tells me, Hey, we're going to meet up. We're going to play golf. I'm like, all right, I'll meet you there. You know, <laughs> I don't care. Um, you know, my, my stepdad plays and has been playing at the same golf course back home outside of Pittsburgh for like 40 years. And he plays now he's retired. He plays every day. And so when I go play him, he always beats me because he knows every inch of the course, <laughs> um, you know, whereas for me, I'm like, ah, I just play wherever. So, but yeah, no, I've golf, I've golf for a long time, but I, this summer too busy running yeah. books. Yeah, I haven't had time. Mm-hmm. I'll have to get. I'll have to get in your schedule and schedule you some time or something like that, and we'll go play a uh, fling golf or something. You know, hey, sounds good. Let me know. Sounds good. So, buddy, I got another question that I kind of thought of while the ad was playing. Let's mm-hmm. say there's an uh, there's someone watching out here who has a book in mind, or like they're creating a book. They create a new book between mm-hmm. now, like they either have it out now or they're in the process of creating it. How can they come to you with it? Like once it's published, once it's, you know, physically in copy, yeah. what do they do for that? I mean, honestly, the best thing to do is walk in the door and ask for me. I'm at the store like 90% of the time. So um, it's pretty easy to find me. Um, but no, I mean, you know, and it's it's one of those things now with, with the publishing industry where, um, you know, getting a book published is has become a lot easier. There's a lot less kind of gatekeepers there. But there's also a big self-published industry, which gets a little tricky on our end, um, you know, the self-publishing world, because, you know, you know, you all be able to say, hey, I wrote this book, I self-published it. And, you know, there is kind of a reason that there are editors and there are, you know, some people there to kind of watch out, you know, and kind of make sure that everything's right, you know, and I don't want to say right, because that's not really the best word to describe it, but, you know, make sure that a lot of those things that make a book a published book, right, are kind of covered. And, um, you know, but if you have a book published, come see me. 
you know, that's really the best way to do it. And uh, come talk to me and I'll talk to you. I'll talk to anybody, um, you know, for about anything. I'm chatty. It drives my, my wife insane how chatty I am. But, um, you know, if I go out or I see people out, I, I'll, I'll talk to them. And if you come into the store and you say, hey, I want to talk to you about X, Y, and Z, um, you know, I'll very least have a conversation with you. But if you've got a published book, like Leanne Ruggiero is, is one where I didn't even know much about her book. And her aunt came in one day, um, two weeks ago and said, Hey, oh my, you know, my niece wrote a book. Um, she's from Harbor Creek, you know, it's published by the university of Massachusetts press, which is a really prestigious press. It won an award with them, um, just came out, you know, you should look into it. And I was like, look into it. You know, and she was like, Oh, she's coming to, um, the library do a thing. So I emailed her. I was like, Hey, you're coming to town. You know, let's talk, you know, I'll have your book. I'll carry it. I'll host a signing. I'll do whatever I can for you. Um, you know, so, and then other times people recommend people, um, you know, there's an author whose name is slipping right now because I forgot it, uh, based out of Cleveland that wrote a book about Lake Erie. Um, and my, my aunt messaged me and said, Hey, I went to Edinburgh with this guy, you know, many years ago, but she's like, I went to Edinburgh with this guy. Um, you know, I've known him for a long time. He wrote a new book, reach out to him. I said, okay, of course, you know, sure. So I sent him an email. So, um, you know, it, it kind of goes both ways. You know, I stumble onto people's books, but also a lot of time people will come in, um, you know, and talk to me. Um, uh, you know, Ann Silverthorne is one that did that. Ann Silverthorne is awesome. She's really involved in the local authors community. And she wrote a book about William Maurier, who was, you know, a civic servant here in town and did a lot of things. You know, one of the things, um, you know, among the millions of things he did when he was living was, um, helping to get Ainsworth Field built, right? So um, Anne popped in the one day and said, hey, I wrote a book about William de Maurier. Would you carry it? Of course, you know, and uh, she signed them all and they're sitting on my shelf. So um, there's there's some really, really cool stuff out there, um, you know, really cool local authors. But um, yeah, I always tell people just pop in, you know, I'm, you know, about as friendly as you're going to find. So, um, you know, at the very least out, you know, we'll go to the back, we'll take it, you know, we'll chat, you know, about what's going on. So brilliant. brilliant. And where can our buddies watching this episode learn more about Warner books? Yeah. So probably the, the, the best thing right now is, is social media. So Facebook and Instagram, um, you know, one of the things we, we decided when we took over the store was to really ramp up our Instagram presence. Um, so follow us there. We also have a TikTok, which is a whole thing. Um, we, we don't quite know what we're doing on it yet, but bear with us. We're going to get better at it, but there's a subculture of TikTok called book talk. Um, that's really popular. And we actually get a lot of really great ideas about, you know, what, what book are really popular with people through TikTok. So we have a TikTok. Um, we've talked to a couple other locals, local, well, not local, but bookstores, um, you know, owners, ones in Lakewood, New York, uh, good neighbor books. Um, Bob over there is really active on TikTok. So we're kind of like watching him and being like, what are you doing? Oh, okay, cool. You know, um, but we do that. Uh, we are getting a new website. So, um, you know, our website right now is still active, but we're getting a new website. Um, so that's the big announcement. We'll make that today because I don't think I've told anyone. Um, we're getting a new website. Exclusive. Yeah, big exclusive. We're getting a new website. Um, so I, I have Emma Steele. She is a Gannon student um, who I've worked with before. Who's a book lover and also is phenomenally talented at what she does, digital marketing and otherwise. So she is actually building our new website kind of as we speak. I, I think she's, she's working on some stuff today. So um, that should be going live, I think, next week, knock on wood, that everything goes smoothly. But um, but yeah, we're working on that right now. So, you know, when we do get that up, it'll be wordbooks.com. The website will be the same. So 
Love it. Love it. Now, I got to ask, you're a fan of BuddyCast. First mm-hmm. off, how did you discover BuddyCast? Like, how did you find us? How did you? Um, I think it must have popped up on Facebook. Um, I'm not sure who you interviewed, but you popped up on Facebook. And I said, oh, local podcast interviewed. Yeah, I can't remember. Who. Honestly, I can't remember who it was. Um, but I said, okay, I'll check it out. And I've listened to I've listened to all your episodes. You have way too many, um, which is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, Nick. It's just there's a lot. <laughs> So, um, but I, I've, I've kind of picked through and I, you know, so like I listened to the one with Dave Gorman, obviously, um, yeah, the one with Mayor Schember was really, really good. Um, the ones with John Persinger I thought were good. Um, but I actually just listened to the two and this is the tie in, right. Um, you know, of, of kind of listening to podcasts. I listened to the ones you did with the guys from Idiotville, um, which I love their podcast. I think those guys are doing a really good, good, good job and they've been doing it for a long time. Um, and then, you know, just, you know, so like the Stephen Tobolowsky episode so good. Like you nailed that. Like I, I am, first of all, I was like, what? I remember like when I was going through your, the podcast feed, I said to myself, like, okay, um, you know, oh, he's interviewed Mayor Schember. Okay, sure. That makes sense. You know, he's always interviewed, you know, uh, Jerry Clark. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. But then I was like, Stephen Tobolowsky. How do you get Steven Dobolowski, you know, or Sinbad? I'm like, how do you interview these? Like, that's crazy. Like, that's, you know, Mark Marin level stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And the episodes were so good. So um, I just kind of stumbled onto this thing. And I love what you're doing. I just think the other, you know, the other thing is like, we need way more positivity in the world. Mm-hmm. And you're putting it out there. So thank you for doing that. Because, uh, you know, things can be bleak and we don't need them to be. So that's, that's the point of BuddyCast. That's the yeah. whole reason I started this show, right? There, it was just back in 2020, you know, when everything was just going to pots, everything was, you know, you had the pandemic, you had the protests that were turning into riots. You had just, it seemed like every time you, and I work for, I work for the news. Sta- I work for a news station. So I know everything that's going on behind the scenes, you know, like I know, like you post the pandemic status for the day and 20 people right back to you telling you to go do unholy things to yourself. You know what I mean? Like yep. just, I'm like, this world just needs a feel good story, just to feel good. So I kind of had this dream and just took it from there. I'm like, what about feel good stories to remind, like ask a, a the owner of a local bookstore why he wakes up every morning and does what he does. Like what drives him, not just because he has to pay the bills on his house, but what drives him to say, I get to go to work today rather than, eh, I got to go to work today. I'll see you later. You know? Yeah. I get to wake up every day and, and wear sneakers and a t-shirt, which for me is like, the number one thing I want to do with my life is, uh, which is sad to say, but um, I get to work for myself, right? I mean, which is cool. But I also get to do something that I think matters. I hope matters, you know, Um, you know, and, and being a part of like the Erie community, because Erie is so awesome. Like Erie, you know, for the longest time, it's so frustrating when people would say, Oh, you know, one of my least favorite phrases in the world is it's okay to love Erie. I actually hate that. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it's more than okay to love you. It's great to love you. You should love yeah. you. And the, I'm so glad I stayed, right. I'm so glad I'm involved and I did something, you know, and bought a business that's, that's, you know, like, because, um, you know, we have some other friends that we collaborate on actually other local business owners, um, that are, are like some of our best friends. So for instance, um, Emily Ernest who bought glass growers gallery, right. Mm-hmm. Down by the art museum. Um, she bought that about two years ago from Debbie and Emily and I have been friends since 2014. We actually started working at Gannon on the same day doing the same job. 
and she's one of my best friends. And it's one of those things where, you know, she was actually the, after I um, had heard from Kelly, our other friend um, who we spent a ton of time with, you know, Hey, you know, you should buy this bookstore. Emily was the first person I called. So I said to my wife, I'm going to talk to Emily about it because she had gone through the same thing. She had bought a legacy business here in town. And I talked to her, I said, Hey, you know, what can we do, you know, to, you know, can I do this? Is this possible? She said, absolutely. You have to do it. You know, if, if everything lines up, you have to do it. I did it. I have no regrets. So for me, I was like, okay. So having that support there, um, you know, and, and, you know, one of the things we've collaborated on is if you come to the store, there's art from glass growers for sale on our walls. Right. So that's a really cool collaboration we've done. Um, and there's just really cool people out there. Like um, the other, the other ones I was mentioning are Jeff and Steve over at Erie Ale Works, which, um, you know, if you're not buddies with those guys, they're, they're about as fun as, as you can, you can get, Ooh. but as we're hosting a, um, a book club um, at their place um, in September is the first one um, because we've been friends with them. We've been buddies with them for gosh, you know, I don't know. They've been, they're going on year eight, I think like, year set you know seven years ago so we were like they're like not the first year but like the first the second year um we started going up there and you know those guys are another group that i i always you know uh, love working with and love talking to and collaborating with and so when we bought the bookstore it's the same conversation is this crazy do you guys think this is a good idea and they were like yeah fine you know we we renovated our uh our brewery in february of 2020 so anything's a good idea right so yeah. you know so it's it's nice knowing that there's a lot of people in erie and it seems like now the younger generation right our generation you know mm-hmm. you're you know you and me and, and and all these other people emily and, and these guys are all coming through and saying you know hey erie we can be better right and um you know, it, it's, it's really cool. Like right now, downtown is frustrating because there's no parking, but I know that on the horizon, right. There's really, really going to be cool stuff downtown mm-hmm. and we need it. Right. I mean, it's time. So. Mm-hmm. And I think they're building a new parking garage downtown too. About time. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's gotta, it's gotta get up sooner, but no, you know, I know it takes time. Right. And finally, it seems like we're, we're kind of, you know, we're kind of getting it. Uh, you know, in town of, okay, Erie can be better. Um, Erie can do cool stuff. Right. And, you know, it's, it's awesome. Um, You know, I I think, you know, the biggest, the biggest kind of visual piece of that is what Patrick Fisher and Erie Arts and Culture are doing um, with the murals. So I live on, I live on West Shore. So if anyone's wondering, that's where I live. I don't really care. But uh, Patrick, they just, they just painted a mural on my block, not on my block, but on my street. Um, up between 11th and 12th on Weschler, which is gorgeous. So the public art that's being, you know, kind of put into the world right now by, by um, you know, that group, um, they have all these muralists coming in and it's going to make Erie beautiful, right? Which is something we, it's, I mean, it's not that hard. We have a gorgeous lakefront. We have, you know, Presque Isle, we have all these things, but the city itself, you know, has always been a little bit behind, but we're finally catching up, Right. Um, and I, I love to see it. I love to see the evolution and all the cool things that all these different groups are doing. Um, you know, it makes me happy and it makes me, you know, excited that, okay, I can be involved too through my business, right? Through a bookstore. You know, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. So, um, yeah, I, I hate the phrase, it's okay to love Erie because it's great to love Erie. It, is. Love Erie, right? <laughs> it is great to love Erie, my buddy. 
And now, buddy, I've got two more questions for you. The first one is brought to us by our buddy Jonas Kane at hashtag positivity, who wants to know, in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. I, I, I should be prepared because I know you sent this to me, but I, I thought way too often. I think the biggest thing is being there, right, for your buddies, right? So, um, you know, if something happens in your life, right, that's either, you know, huge, right, or even small, right? You have a group of people or somebody that can reach out to you and send you a text or send you, you know, give you a call and say, I hope you're okay. You know, and, and that's really all that, you know, that's what really matters more than anything. And, um, you know, we, um, yeah, I don't want to be a downer, but, but we had a, we, we have a couple cats and we have a, we had a foster cat that we were fostering through the humane society, which, you know, talk about a group that does great work. And, um, our foster cat passed away last week. So it was really tragic and sad. I mean, he was not doing well, but still, um, anytime that happens, but, the 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 people that reached out to us and shot us in Texas, hey, heard about Thomas, heard about your cat, hope you're doing well. You know, that's being a buddy, right? That's somebody saying, Hey, you know, I know you went through this thing. How can, you know, we, you know, help? You know, is there anything we can do? Right. So that, that's always my take is being being there. But also, you know, being a buddy is someone that you can laugh with and have fun with. You know, that's the other exactly. part. positive side of it, right? Is is somebody that you can go and you can get dinner with, you can get a drink with, you know, you can go have fun with. So, yeah. Exactly. A great answer. You're absolutely right. I always say a friend is someone who, like you said, you can get a drink with, catch up, hey, have some fun, you know, have a few laughs. A buddy's the one when you go through that tragic situation, when you go through something that to someone else, you know, someone else might say, eh, it's just this or, yeah, you'll get, you know, they're the ones who say, no. He's not gonna just get over this. We're no. gonna help him. You yeah. know. Do you need a Do you need a hug, either virtually or, or uh, you know, in person? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the final question I have for you is what we call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question, which is brought to us by our buddies at Harbor Ridge. Which is, what is your advice to anyone who wants to own a bookstore one day? Oh my. Um, <laughs> The number one piece of advice is just do it. Just go for it, right? I mean, that was the thing that when I was looking to, not looking to buy the store, because once again, I wasn't looking to buy a bookstore, right? You know, a year ago almost, right? But I, um, you know, for me, it was just talking to the people, talking to your buddies, right? More than anything, right? I literally talked to my buddies about it. And I said, hey, you know, is this a good idea? And then, you know, I could have just said, no, too much work. I don't want to do it. But I said, no, I, I want to do this. Like, this is something I want to do. I've always wanted to do something like this. Let's go for it. Um, so, you know, that's part of it. You know, the other thing is read. You got to read everything. I had to say it. You know, that's a big part of owning a bookstore. But, you know, the third thing is have people you trust, right? And luckily, I have my wife who, you know, is my best friend and I trust, you know, and, and she helps me out through everything. But, you know, also, you know, the staff we took on, you know, they're great. Um, you know, so if you want to own a bookstore, you know, there's really good resources out there. Um, you know, I'm part of both the American Booksellers Association and the New Atlantic Independent Booksellers Association, which are really great organizations. Um, and they helped me a lot. I actually took a class with them on how to run a bookstore. Which was pretty cool. Um, you know, in fact, right now the conference is going on and you know, it's all right. I can catch up. It's all on Zoom, so it's kind of nice because I can just watch the videos later. Nice. Um, 
But the other great thing is there's always resources locally um, if you want to open any kind of business. So I worked with the uh, Small Business Development Center at Gannon, um, which, you know, at the time I was working with Jacob Jones, who now runs Camp Studios, right? You talk about, you know, um, somebody doing cool things in town, Camp Studios. But mm-hmm. he, um, you know, there's that. But then also uh, the city, Jen Hoffman with the city, who's the business development director, um, you know, worked with us on some things. So there's resources and there's people available that you can find to open any kind of business. Um, but bookstore specifically, it's like, just do it. You know, if you want to do something, do it right. You had a dream, you know, and you did it. Here you are. You know, I, I had a dream. I wanted to do something and here I am doing this. So, um, you know, d- don't hesitate, be confident, you know, if it all lines up great, you know, and if not, you know, you want people there to catch you, you know, Absolutely. And that's great advice. Just do it. Follow your dreams. Follow your heart. You know, that's what you and I did. You're absolutely right. That's what you and I did. And look where we are. Yep. You know? Well, buddy, thank you so, so much for being a buddy here on BuddyCast. It was a true pleasure. Stick around for a minute afterwards. We'll chat. Thank Thanks. you for stopping on BuddyCast and promoting your business. I'm inter- I'm very excited to go check it out. And before we end this episode, I have one favor to ask you. Whatever you do today, tomorrow, next week, next month, heck, even next year, go be someone's buddy. Thanks, Nick. Alrighty. For all my buddies out there, this is my buddy Kyle. Please check out Warner Books if you're in the area. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. We'll catch you all next time here on everybody's favorite show, BuddyCast. Well, the days are going fast, buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last, buddy, buddy, before they